0: You're listening to Hear Arizona, addressing issues, empowering our community. The number of unsheltered individuals and families in the valley has grown significantly in the last few years. Meanwhile, homeless shelters and affordable housing are experiencing growing wait lists of people desperately trying to find a safe place to stay, rather than having to live on the streets or in their cars. For example, in the last episode of Unaffordable, Jackson Steele talked about how he has been homeless for six years, and on a waiting list for even longer than that. But in this episode, 54-year-old Dorothy Brant was finally taken off the waiting list after years of waiting, and placed into affordable housing. This is a success story that highlights Dorothy's journey and how she got to where she is today. I waited on a bench at Christown Spectrum Mall in Phoenix for Dorothy's bus to arrive. I noticed that there were panhandlers on nearly every corner, including families with small children. People were camped out with shopping carts across from the movie theater. And off in the distance, there was a man playing the violin, trying to earn what he could. Eventually, I spotted Dorothy. She came and sat beside me on the warm concrete bench and shared her story.
1: My husband and I, starting back in Maryland, Baltimore, um, we sold, he sold his house and I sold mine and we moved here. We were living in Surprise in a a house and that kind of got cut short because the person we were with stole money from us, pretty much what we had from the houses. So we wound up on practice at 19th and we were living there from 2015 till about 2018. At this point, Dorothy and her husband both worked. He
0: in the Paradise Valley Unified School District and Dorothy at Walmart McAllister's Deli in Circle K. They were living in a 450 square foot apartment
1: with plans to buy a house, but then her husband got sick. And I started poking around the apartment and seeing things, you know, mold and all kinds of stuff and addressing the issues, and they just didn't want to take care of it. So 2018 came around, lost both my cats, my bird, and my dog. My dog had a collapsed trachea, which was from the mold that was in the place. He started coughing and hacking really bad. 2019, my husband had a, he had a, diagnosed with a pulmonary thrombrosis. So he had two blood clots in him, which can also be from the mold.
0: After the cost of hospital bills, coupled with not making money because they had to take time off, Dorothy and her husband weren't able to keep up with the rent. After being evicted, the couple and their pets started living out of their truck. It seemed that her husband was starting to recover for a
1: while, but then he took a turn for the worse. There was nothing they could do. He died and when I went back up there, They said for like three hours, I tried to wake him up. We had never been apart in 22 years, and here I was all by myself. What am I going to do? I didn't have a job because I left my job because he was sick. So, and I was still working for Walmart. And uh, I missed too much time, so they had to
0: let me go, so. So for a couple years, Dorothy was living on the streets, something she never thought she would have to do. I'd been jumped and beat and raped and...
1: My truck got stolen. Things got stolen from me and, but it's life, people that are homeless out here. Some are abusing the system. Others are afraid to get a place because they're afraid that they're gonna fail. I've talked to a lot of people.
0: Dorothy started searching for places to stay and applying for affordable housing. At the time, she had her cat still with her and didn't want to stay in a place that didn't allow animals. She told me that her cats were all she
1: had. So I tried to kill myself. I cut my throat all up real bad, and with my big butcher knife I did, I slid it open really bad. And my cat, he got out of the truck and he started going around the vehicle. Somebody said, and pretty much he saved my life. I said, I'm not giving my cats up. If you're homeless, you shouldn't have to give up your dog or your belongings.
0: After that, Dorothy decided not to give up. She was going to keep trying keep applying, keep calling, keep living. And eventually she found a place to stay through CAS, or Central Arizona Shelter Services. It turned a hotel into transitional housing for homeless and extreme low-income seniors. Dorothy said there were lots of drugs in the area and it didn't exactly feel like home, but it gave her a chance and a new beginning. Before we return to Dorothy's story, I spoke with Craig Tribkin from CAST to learn a little more about the services Dorothy used to get help.
2: My job is business development and mission advancement. And basically what, I'm, what I do is I work with governments uh, trying to get more money, trying to get money um, and, you know, open up new facilities and try to, I guess, work within the homeless policies or change the homeless policies that are out there.
0: CAS served 5,000 individuals in 2021 and provided 200,000 nights of shelter. A third of the individuals helped were 55 years and older. It served 200 families with nearly half of the children under the age of five. It also provided services to veterans, with 53% over the age of 55. Come summertime, CAS will be adding 625 beds to its main shelter in downtown Phoenix. The transitional hotel Dorothy briefly stayed at was shut down for financial reasons last year during the pandemic. Cass has just purchased a new hotel with 120 rooms. Craig says the hotel is expected to house 140 to 160 seniors. And Cass also has a family shelter.
2: Uh, 25% of the people we've got staying in our shelter tonight have, have, have jobs. Um, they just can't afford, I mean, getting on your feet is the, was more expensive than staying on your feet. Um, and, and, uh, so, so basically, in a perfect world, they come into our shelter downtown, they meet with caseworkers, they meet with housing navigators, um, they're assessed, and then, and then they're sort of dished into the place that, that they would, would do best.
0: Craig says Cass follows through with those seeking help. It's not just a matter of housing people. It's a matter of addressing the issue, so they hopefully remain off the streets even after leaving the shelters and transitional housing.
2: Our, our mission is to get people housed. Is you know to take people off the street, but we really don't want to just get them through to the next morning alive. We really would like to permanently address their homelessness. And and the reality is that there are not enough end game services or housing in Phoenix to get from here to there uh, as much as we'd like.
0: And residents must follow certain rules to stay in a shelter.
2: A, a person can't be disruptive. They can't be violent. They can't be. Uh, they can't be all sorts of things which logic tells you they. You have to have rules to to prevent in the shelter. In mm-hmm. uh, the hotel, we had no problems at all. We we probably eighty six two people in the course of the year, um, because people wanted to. They wanted to play. Um, in at the downtown shelter. Uh, people do come and go a lot more, and 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 our caseworkers get a sense as to you know if the person's there for two days and then they're gone for two weeks. Uh, our caseworkers get a sense of how close that person is to to being able to end their homelessness and and take the help that's being offered.
0: Craig explained that there are a couple barriers that come into play when trying to tackle homelessness, other than the housing shortage. He said that many organizations try to address those who are chronically homeless. Those classified with chronic homelessness only make up about 25% of the homeless population. His point is, if we mainly focus on chronic cases, we're missing the chance to help those who are recently homeless, or those who are easiest to help.
2: If you've been evicted in the last year, you're not chronic, right? Because you haven't been homeless for years. So you may be the most easily to, have, have, to help person, you know, you may have a job. You may have just lost your job as a waiter and you haven't gotten a new one yet or, you know, pick your poison. But but you, if you've been homeless for less than a year, you do not meet the chronic definition. And that means it's difficult to get you to the top of the, to the front of the line um, the way it works.
0: The other barrier is the difficulty in finding communities willing to have transitional housing and shelters. Craig says that many people don't want that in their backyard because they believe it'll have negative consequences. So finding places where they're able to build or add additional housing is a challenge. But he believes these are challenges that can be overcome.
2: I don't know what the what's going to happen, but what I know is if we don't use, especially the COVID resources, there's a fair amount of money out there, if we don't use that money to to try new things and see what works, we're going to fail. I think Cass is really a thought leader. Um, if we are anything, uh, it's we are a thought leader.
0: Okay, let's get back to Dorothy's story. Dorothy saw her time in the transitional hotel housing as a chance, and she was happy to have her cats by her side.
1: They're my world. I promised my husband before he died that I would never separate them, get rid of them, and. That's another thing, that they just want to take everything from a homeless person, whatever they have on their back or carrying or their pet, you've got to get rid of. That's not an option for me, and I fought and fought and fought Cass over that.
0: And luckily for Dorothy, Cass allowed her to keep them with her. She kept applying for affordable housing units in the meantime, and in August 2021, she got a job.
1: So I've been back with Walmart, and that's been helping me get my mind off of things, but it's been a hard road. And in November, Glendale just started this new type of Section 8 housing, emergency housing. Mm -hmm. I was the first applicant, the first approved applicant. And here I am, I got my own apartment.
0: Her navigator from CBI, Community Bridges Incorporated, originally told her it might be another two years before getting into an apartment. But luck struck and Dorothy got a place to call home for at least a year. I cried my eyes out, I was happy. Rent is completely covered, but there's still a few things Dorothy has to pay for.
1: I pay my electric and the water and the trash and, uh, of course, food because I don't qualify for stamps due to I make too much income. So that's okay. I'm not I'm not fretting about that. I mean, that's a whole nother ballgame right there for me, food stamps.
0: Now that Dorothy has a new place to live, she discovered another challenge she's going to have to face. After a visit to the doctor's office, Dorothy found out she has breast cancer. This is making her transition into the apartment
1: more difficult. So my cats are with me. Okay, so you're helping me out. You're paying for one whole year, but I still got to get on my feet. By, I'm trying to, but now I got medications to put out. and It's just not an easy transition. It's really not. And I can see why a lot of homeless people don't want to do it because they're going to feel like failures. They don't want to be... It's expensive.
0: But Dorothy says she's willing to take on these challenges by storm. Now that she has a job and an apartment, she's doing everything she can to give herself a fresh start, even though she's feeling a bit
1: unsettled in her new home. I feel out of place. I feel empty, alone, which I don't mind the alone part because I'm with my cats. And a lot of the people that beat me and everything, they're gone. They're out of my life now. Nobody knows where I'm at. And I like that. My cats are always happy to see me. And that's my smile going in the door. I'm home, babies, so the first thing I say is mommy's home and they all come running like dogs. <laughs> and, but I do, I feel out of place. Maybe it's going to take me some time. Am I going to make it? Am I going to fail? And of course I know I'm going to make it.
0: And Dorothy has applied to Luke Air Force Base for a chef position something she's always wanted to do. Little by little, with time and patience, she's piecing her life back together. But she worries for the thousands of people who are homeless and is concerned about the rapidly growing homeless population. They
1: need to focus more on the housing than the homeless problem because I've seen a rise since COVID hit. It's dirtier here. There's more trash on the corners. People. You go down Jefferson Street, there's tents all over the place. I mean, it's really bad, it's bad. The park across the street from where I'm at, there's tents all over the place.
0: Arizona has a long way to go, and so does Dorothy.
1: After finally making it into her new apartment, this is her advice. Keep calling and keep pushing whoever you're with. Um, I tell a lot of people if you're gonna donate to give directly to the place itself, because that way the people off the streets have to go there. That's where you get all your resources. It's a start. It's a transition for everybody. There's going to be a lot more homeless. It's going to become a really bad problem. God bless them all, right?
0: Dorothy is an example of how a new start is possible and a life of homelessness doesn't have to be permanent. After experiencing being beaten up, raped and stolen from, she's finally in a position where she can turn her life around and focus on her health. With the help of CAS, community bridges and her determination, she's become an inspiring vision of hope for others who are currently unsheltered in Arizona. You just listened to an entire podcast episode about unaffordable housing in Arizona, so this issue must be of some importance to you. To learn more about issues with unaffordability and the organizations we profiled, visit our website, heararizona.org. That's H-E-A-R Arizona. Tell all of your friends to check us out too. They can search for Hear Arizona on their favorite podcast listening app: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, NPR One, Spotify. And since we're all about empowering our community, we want you to be a part of the conversation. Follow Here Arizona on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. This podcast series is made possible by the Nina Mason Polium Charitable Trust. Here Arizona is a production of the Division of Public Service at Rio Salado College, which includes Sun Sounds, Spot 127, KBOC, and KJZZ. This episode was produced, written, directed, and hosted by yours truly, madison mulvihill it was edited by carrie fair snyder linda pastori is our executive producer thanks for listening